Welcome to Conzi's Diary. Hey, we are back, or I am back. I am back. Yes, indeedy, I am for my second Conzi's Diary in coverage of Blood in the Sun 2. Hoodoo voodoo kind of fun. This time I'm going to go ahead and review my round two opponents list. Give some of my thoughts about the list and the game. And kind of go from there. The date is 7-3-2012 when this is aired. Round two. Ding, ding, ding. Blood in the sun. Okay, coming off the loss against... Mike Gerald in round one, that 15-5 loss that I took. I went on to take on Tony Albert in round two. Tony was sporting yet again another Warriors of Chaos list. So this is my first two rounds I had played against Warriors of Chaos. Now, Tony's list was remarkably different than Mike's. It was a quite a bit different matchup and in, in quite a few different ways from a list on list perspective i thought that his list had elements of things that were really going to give me some serious problems first off tony's list featured two lords one of those lords being chaos chaos lord of zinch with a sword of might and chan and an enchanted shield this guy was tough like any Chaos Lord, I mean, he just whoops out a beating. Five attacks, strength six, two up armor, six up ward. It was, you know, he's got a lot of oomph to him. I don't know if I'd agree that that's the best way to tool your Chaos Lord if you're going to take him, but he was pretty bad arse. In fact, in my opinion, I, I almost think that he would have been just as good to take an Exalted Hero rather than the Lord, if you're going to take another character like this and with the equipment options. Really, if I got that Lord, I want to take advantage of those additional equipment options that I can get, such as uh, the cast, maybe the cast rune sword or some of the, you know, plus, maybe that plus three attack sword or something like that so I can really turn him into a super beat stick. Instead, he was kind of, he was definitely an above average beat stick, don't get me wrong, but as you'll as I tell the game out and how the game went, you'll see that it really didn't matter what he took as his character slot with the equipment options. His second lord was a chaos sorcerer lord. Again, marked Zinch. So yay, Gateway Wizard. Looking at his sorcerer lord, he didn't have anything he didn't really have a whole lot. He had the Blood of Zinch. So he could re-roll one non-one casting dice per turn, which is, I guess, if you roll a two or a three, you could re-roll that, which is kind of nice. And then once per turn, he could add a D, with a conjoined homunculus, he could add a D3 to his casting roll. None of the normal stuff I would expect on this guy. Again, I, I don't know if I, I'd agree with the equipment choices here, particularly since he didn't have the infernal puppet at all so uh, including on his other sorcerer so i was really kind of betwixt by that 
at least from a list perspective. I do have to note that I think Tony was playing more from the fun and the spirit of the game rather than necessarily taking the best equipment options. Other characters that Tony had was uh, Zinch, Battle Standard, the exalted hero of Zinch, um, who carried the Razor Standard for armor piercing. Now, since I also had the Razor Standard in my list, I can certainly see why one would take this, particularly when you put that character then in a unit of Chaos Warriors, which were marked Zinch, that had additional ha- or the additional hand weapons. So, you know, when your models are pumping out three attacks each with strength four, armor pen- penetration is big. Now, he ranged his unit five wide, six deep, and 30 strong. This was a, with the characters, I think this unit was 30-ish. No, it was 23. He also included a champion, which I think in the Warriors of Chaos list is kind of a waste. I, I, because you have to issue challenges and you have to accept challenges, the champion just kind of, I, I don't care for him in the list. If I'm going to take a cat like a cast lord, I want to turn this guy into either an amazing beat stick so he kills whatever he's swinging at before it gets a chance to swing, or he needs to be amazingly resilient. Since his cast lord really wasn't either of those, and was included with this unit of 23 chaos warriors, having that champion in there, maybe you could sacrifice the champ off to a challenge, but. Again, since that Chaos Lord has to accept and issue those challenges, he's going to have to take them anyway. So. And, again, I think since neither the Chaos Lord or the Battle Standard Bearer, since the Battle Standard Bearer had a magic banner, they're both on foot, I don't think either of those characters really had the beat stick capability to run with most characters in the game of Warhammer today. Now, I will note he f- the last character selection that he had was a Chaos Sorcerer, level 2, who had a Talisman of Protection and a Dispel Scroll. I can get the Dispel Scroll. In some ways, I think the Infernal Gateway is a little bit better because then when your opponent does get those Irresistible Force, when you are playing against those 6-die casters, you can ensure that your opponent is failing. Now, at a tournament that's closed list... I think most folks kind of assume that you may probably have the puppet in your list. So maybe that was a assumption that he was playing on for uh, his opponents to assume they had. Now I will note that his Sorcerer Lord went in a unit of 19 Chaos Marauders of Zinch, marked Zinch with hand weapon and shield. So he was trying to take advantage, full advantage of survivability with these Marauders. And they kind of hung back, kept close to the board edge or far away from the board edge. They didn't, definitely did not want to get in, in, in any combat. And that kind of makes sense when you look at his Sorcerer Lord and go, yeah, this guy's really not kitted out for combat either. So I, can, I understand where, where the thinking was there. Of course, you are paying a huge amount of points for uh, when you buy the Chaos Sorcerer Lord to have somebody that's you know, at least as competent in combat as most armies' hero choices, if not some armies' even lord choices, 
and you can easily get a sorcerer lord up to a, de- a really good armor save. So holding them back away from combat like that with a Z- with a small unit of Zinch marauders, uh, again, I'm not sure if that was the best choice, but it was definitely the choice he stuck with. Now, also, I'd, I'd like to say the level two chaos sorcerer that he had was of Lore of Fire. I think that's a great choice. There's enough regen, plus Fireball is a great just, I need something to throw some dice at to get a direct damage spell to get some damage. So that was a great, I think that's a great character. Now he also had a unit of 10 Chaos Knights of Zinch. And these were, again, uh, Banner of Rage, so Frenzied Knights. And in the game, I had positioned my... Blackguard, I positioned my Blackguard in such a way to, it was going to be a long charge, but if I fail the charge, I was, it was at like a nine inch range. He, when he moved his knights up, it was at like the nine to 10 ish range. And I'm like, well, if I don't charge here, he's going to charge. And if he charges, well, that's probably you know I'm gonna I'm probably gonna take a beating out of these knights so I'll charge them instead so I charged of course I had the I also had my BSB this game with the black guard whereas the previous game I had put the BSB with my uh, big block of spear elves so the BSB with the crimson death plus the armor piercing banner that the the razor standard that the black guard had. Minus four to armor saves, rerolls to hits, strength six, bam, bam, bam. I killed, I think, three knights just from him. The black guard, better initiative than the knights, killed another couple of knights. All of a sudden, he, you know, instead of having, you know, the huge, you know, all those additional attacks, I think he was down to four knights before he even got the swing. So I, I did pop off, I'm pretty sure I popped off six knights before he ever got the swing. That was that was huge, I that was huge for him. So he wasn't, you know, I ended up winning the combat significantly. Those those last few knights couldn't do enough damage back to win the combat. I think it was a push on wounds, and he might he might have even won the won the combat by wounds by like one. But I had the charge and ranks and and banners and battle standards and all those things that were enough to push the combat for me to win the combat by like three or so. He failed the break check, too far away from his BSB, busted, my left flank completely secured. Now, in his list, he also had two units of six Chaos Hounds. He uh, upgraded these Chaos Hounds to have poison attacks. Uh, again, I think that's I think that's a, a neat option for the Chaos Hounds, but it's certainly not an option that I would agree with. And I, I continue to go back. I think Tony was playing for the fun of the game. His list was built with that quite a bit in mind and didn't take into account some of the more competitive little tweaks that he can make to the list. So the big thing, and I, I mentioned this in the episode 14B on the main cast, the main part of the show, when we did our interviews, I had mentioned that he, with the Chaos Lord, the Exalted Hero, that battle, the Battle Standard, 
the 23 Chaos Warriors of Zinch with additional hand weapons, charged my Spear Elf block with my Elf 4 in it. You know, the Assassin hadn't been revealed. But the big thing was, in any day, any normal day, this would have netted a big win in combat res, and he had, you know, very potentially, since he went deep, he had five rings deep. You know, he had five rings deep. I only had five rings in my horde. You know, I, I he might have had a shot at beating me and busting me in combat there. However, I did have Mindraiser up. I think he thought he could dispel it because he went in the magic phase. He went, what do I need to dispel Mindraiser? And I'm like, you can't. It lasts my next magic phase. And there was a groan of pain, and I could tell that was his big miscalculation. Now, i got to say I'm sorry. I, I felt bad about it, but it's a tournament game, and you know that you, to make a mistake like that in a tournament game that's what puts you in the losing bracket and, and loses you games. So it's very important. And Mind Razor is such a big spell. I, I can't, it's hard to believe that nobody knows really what it does. But for those of you that maybe don't know what it does, it allows you to count your strength as if it was your leadership value. And since most things in the game have fairly good leadership, even leadership six, might not be very good, but certainly in comparison to what your strength score is, that's amazing, you know. So if I can go like an elf, I can go from strength three to strength eight with a mind razor up. That is amazing. I mean that you know, I nuke armor saves, I nuke I nuke uh you know, I wound very easily. Instead of going from fours or against these chaos warriors, I needed fives to hit them or fives to wound them. Now I went to twos to wound them. That's a huge flip on the dice. That makes you. Know, then I'm in a horde formation. Fifty, el- you know, forty-seven elves. You know, that's four ranks of elves swinging. That's massive damage, and that's exactly what happened. I, I popped the assassin. The assassin challenged. I took on the chaos lord. Boof, dead. I then went ahead and took. I think six spear elves threw them at the battle standard. Poof, dead. I then took the remaining elf attacks and my L4 threw them at the unit and killed like 12 or 15 more chaos warriors. Just gone, dead. Now, I did take some damage back. I took like five or six wounds back from the chaos warriors, maybe a few more than that. But really, the damage was inconsequential compared to the damage that I was able to deal to the chaos warriors so it's very important i think the lesson here to take is it's very important to understand and know what your opponent has what their spells are what their spells can do and make sure that you ask and and get to explain to you what the effects are especially before you're making a decision i had the spell card laying there on the table right next to my unit he uh, he could have easily have just asked to take a look at quick look at the spell to read what it did or even asked me what the rules were, and he didn't do either of those prior to making that charge. And so if you're going to take anything away from this, take that as a big lesson to be learned. Make sure that you understand, even at a tournament level, there are a lot of spells and a lot of games. It's certainly okay to ask 
hey, what does that do? Even if it's from the core rule book, just ask. It's better than making a mistake that could completely lose you a game and have you, you know, sitting in the loser's bracket rather than going up and getting on those top tables. So that's your lesson from this game. And uh, hopefully uh, tomorrow we'll go ahead and get the third episode of of my recaps of my Blood in the Sun opponents and armies. And we'll see what happens and what the lesson might be in that round. All right. Take care, folks. Peace out. Peace out.